2: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.
1: The coronavirus has shaken us to the core and fundamentally changed our lives for a season, at least here in Central Texas. And the way we live our lives, we conduct our business, school our children, well, all that has changed. So how do we manage the stress and emotional upheaval all this is bringing? It's my delight to welcome licensed professional counselor, Jason P. Francis, to talk about just that. How are you doing, Jason?
2: Hey, I'm fine, Ann. Thank you. How are you?
1: Well, well, we're hunkered down, as most people just <laughs> hunkering down and uh, trying, to, trying to stay safe, as, as they say. And, um, but, but I think everybody, myself included, you know, has kind of gone through a, a range of emotions. And I read an article in uh, the Harvard Business Review. Scott Bernardo writes, the mm. discomfort, he says, your feeling is grief. Is it mm. fair to call some of what we're experiencing grief?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, looking at that perspective does make a bit of sense for everything that we're going through with this particular season. You know, particularly, for example, like a lot of the the seniors from, like, college and from high schoolers who are um, having to grieve their uh, whole idea of what this time was supposed to be, you know, or or any of us for that matter, but particularly for some of those kind of populations that that we are are having to go through kind of a loss. I mean, we're losing a lot of our... um, our expectations of something else, you know, of what we think we're going to happen or what should have happened. And so when those don't occur, I mean, it does leave you with this, this gap of, of an emotion inside of you that you don't know what to do with. And I think calling it grief is definitely a way to put a word to it. And, 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 and all that goes along with grief, like the anger and the and in the, in the depressive part of it than the bargaining that if we could just do it different this would be better and so i do think that kind of fits actually
1: and and I've, he also goes on to talk about different kinds of grief that was a little yeah. bit surprising to me but he refers to uh, something he calls anticipatory grief when the future right. is it's, uncertain
2: yes exactly then things that we don't even know we're going to lose but we we anticipate that that we will you know in the in the in the kind of death that goes along with what we're experiencing when we talk about grief I mean there's kind of a social death um that we've had to to in some ways endure through this when we can't be around our family and our friends like we we normally are and uh, we can't go to the senior prom, or we can't walk the stage for graduation. We're grieving the loss and the death of a lot of these social events. And so I think for some people, it, it almost becomes like a, we're having to grieve these social deaths as well.
1: Well, we're definitely social animals. And uh, I guess yeah. that's one good thing about social media. It has certainly kept folks um, sort of connected. But, but how can we manage all these things we're feeling?
2: yeah you know I still am, am seeing patience you know throughout all this and, and luckily for for i think us we we are able to as an essential business, if you want to call it i really don 't like the word essential business actually, but I understand what they mean by that that, that we can help people do exactly what you 're talking about, work through all of the emotional uh things that we feel going through this along from grief and from anger and from disappointment and all these and Some of the things that I tell the patients that I'm working with continually through my practice is that we, I think it's important to continue to go on as much as we can like normal. I mean, there's so many things uh, that we still can do and we still can function like we normally do. In other words, we still can get up. We can still, you know, get dressed. We can still have breakfast. We can still set the day um, to to be productive. And so there's things like that that we can do. And social media, like you say, is one way to be able to still connect with people, um, being able to uh, FaceTime and... um, be able to be in part of somebody else's interaction I do think is important and so you know to, to work on routine to keep uh, to keep our, our schedules as much as possible to where we don't completely uproot um, and, and isolate in our cave so to speak about you know the, the ultimate man cave right you go into your man cave for an evening is one thing but when you go into it for four weeks at a time it's, it's, it becomes a bit more Uh, Isolative and lonely. So I think we took combat that we we still have to get out and do some things that we normally would do And and as social creatures as you said uh, part of that's being uh, In contact with other people to where we can still have uh, some normalcy to life,
1: you know um, As a you know part of this, you know, your mind is just racing and and people are are dealing with You know the loss of livelihoods and you know, how am I going to pay the bills and you know, really a significant stresses but what can we do to kind of make those feelings maybe less intense? How can we let go, I guess, of what we can't control?
2: Yeah, so that's the hard question. And I think for people who are a bit more mentally healthy at the beginning of all this, so when I say mentally healthy, what I mean is people who are coping fairly well, you know, people who are already, you know, finding joy in life and, and, and being able to experience that. So for for people who have gone into this type of season with that as the precursor, they were already doing well. I think it's a bit easier for us to wrap our mind around um, that we're still gonna come out on the other end of it okay. Uh, however, for people who are already experiencing depression or already experiencing a lot of high anxiety, or uh, particularly for people like you know for who uh, battle with obsessive compulsive disorder, I mean, they're really on edge right now because they're worried about contracting the virus, you know. And so for those people, so the, the stories are a bit different, you know. Uh, but to, to combat it, I think what we have to do is we, uh, as much as we can, uh, know that we're not in a belonging. And it makes the part, again, of the connection that's so important that um, unlike other things in life, um, this is something that we as a, a community, as a state as a country even as a world are going through together and so it's when, when you look at it um that can overwhelm some people i think if you think that the entire world is going through it but on the other hand it can bring some relief i think that if we know we're not alone in the journey and that there is another side particularly when you start seeing some places like in china and some of the other countries that are coming out on the other side they're, they're all they're they're not out of it by all means but they're they're in a different phase of the journey that we are. So we're beginning to see some some light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's important to focus ahead and not as much as on uh, the current situation of being in a, in a crisis, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. And you, and you mentioned, you know, like some of your clients who are, who are, you know, dealing with, with certain emotional stresses to begin with, and then this happens. And I, and I often think mm-hmm. of folks that deal with addiction and and how difficult this must be because i mean the liquor stores are delivering to the door
2: true you know that's such um such a slippery slope there isn't it i mean one of the things um, with addiction particularly is when we begin to isolate and we begin to go into that secretive um i'm alone time i mean that's where a lot of the addiction really kind of stirs up is when we can hide it and we can be away from everybody else so we don't have to to um, to be exposed with it. So, I mean, there is a part of that that's very, very difficult to combat when you're dealing with somebody who has some of those addictive traits. The other part for the alcoholism, and I think that that what I've tried to help uh, some other people understand too about that is, we really, ah, boy, it's it's a slippery slope because at this point, during a pandemic, particularly when we need the hospital beds for people who uh, potentially are going to require uh, so treatment for the the virus we don't we don't need to um, we don't need to be put into a position particularly with alcoholics that they go into detox and need rec- and require hospitalization because they possibly can go into seizures or different things that we don't think about on the other side of the alcoholism. Um, if they come off of the alcohol called turkey, a lot of times they do require and 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 may require hospitalization so it's it's a slippery slope and kind of a double-edged sword. We don't want to continue to enable them to be, uh, you know, to to go to that alcohol for a resource and to to we don't want them to, uh, you know, I guess increase their addiction. But at the same time, you know, keeping it from them might be even more more tragic. For everybody involved, because then we, our beds might be used for things other than what we need them for. But again, if that makes sense to you, it's it's such a slippery slope.
1: Well, there's no question; it's a complex issue. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: You, you you touched on just a a little bit ago about about music and 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 outlets and things, or at least I was getting from mm-hmm. that. And and I don't uh, want us to leave without talking about. Your work as a professional musician too, and uh, you oh, yeah. and colleague and fellow musician Jeannie Williams for, founded yeah. a nonprofit. It's called Therapy Center Stage Production. In fact, I, I met you through the uh, show that I guess we've mm-hmm. done it three years now called uh, so. Stages. And yeah. let's just talk a little bit about that. How how this is a time at home. Um, maybe musicians can. I know they've been sharing a lot on social media, but to uh, continue to kind of hone their particular talents
2: yeah you know i love what i love the fact that this can spark creativity and not just creativity as far as like creating the music but a very creative way about how to stay connected with your audience or how to stay connected with other people and music can be so healing and that's part of what we started the whole therapy in the stage productions for is is that there's such a power to the expressive and creative arts when it comes to being able to heal the soul and so, for them to be able to continue to to offer that through uh, like these Facebook live concerts and uh, getting people out of their head of uh in the sense of worrying about the pandemic or worrying about what they can't do to get them into a space where it can be uplifting and you can find some some comfort. I mean, I think it's it's fabulous that that's that's going and and I and I say everybody is creative to a certain degree. You know, some people are like, oh well, I can't sing or you know, <laughs> or I'm not as good as that other person. It's really it's not about that as much. as it is is about the joy that you can experience internally from the music that you bring or from the art that you can create or from the dance that you can do. And uh, so, and then that it, that it ignites a whole other part of your brain to where. It can, it can take away uh, or, or alleviate or lessen some of the anxiety and stress and maybe even the depression that we can find ourselves in in general, particularly under a time like we have now where there's so much going on. So uh, man, how, how wonderful is it that we can still do that for each other and do that as a part. Music also too is a collective thing. Um, people can tend to, they, they pull together. I mean, music is, is something that you can share with other people. And so just the, the, the ability to just share it together also pulls people together. And I, I'm finding that that's happening more and more. I, I know you've seen probably on Facebook and some of the other social media outlets where people in uh, Italy, for example, where people um, are singing from the balconies and filling the streets with music because everyone is singing from their from a flats. I mean, it's just it's incredible that that can be done. So healing.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you have just recently uh, released um, some music. Tell us about that.
2: I did. You know, it's, um, it's been a journey. I've been working on an album for about three years, and I think that we finally have a release date for the album um, on 1st of May. Uh, at, the, at the latest, probably the 15th of May, there's a couple of things that we're doing. But yeah, I mean, the whole point of that album that I started a couple of years ago is to, to bring hope. Um, to the hurting soul, you know, it's, a it's a Christian genre, um, mixed in with some Americana music and some different types of old standards that we, I think we've all heard before, but the whole idea of that was, is to, to be able to have a 45, 50 minute, um, reflection time, if you it, if it will. It's, uh, designed to where the person can turn it on and just start from start to finish, uh, and to get into kind of a meditative or a prayerful kind of a space to really, to be able to focus on, again, not what we don't have, but what we do have, that we do have healing and we do have peace and we do have hope uh, because without without that, what do we have? You know, we, it leaves us with nothing. So I, I wanted to bring a project to where it, it speaks to our, our healing and our comfort through Christ, number one, but also just uh, in, in togetherness with our family and friends and, it's It's been a journey, but um, it's, it's interesting now that it's, uh, you know, everything in God's timing, right? You know, I, I in the past have been kind of, uh, I guess, pressured. I wanted to get it out, wanted to get it out. But, you know, now releasing it during this time is actually, I think, I think that's kind of worked out pretty well
1: yeah it does it sounds like that's the case indeed i'm looking forward to hearing it myself uh i appreciate your time but i want to end uh, the interview with um it's kind of a similar questionnaire that the late james lipton used on his show inside the actor's studio are you familiar with that
2: i love that show yeah
1: <laughs> okay all right here we go what's, your
2: favorite, what's your favorite word what's my favorite word oh wow i've never been asked that question actually Oh, that's a hard one, Anne. You you in the <laughs> interview on a hard question. I, I think my favorite word's hope.
1: Very good. What about your least favorite word?
2: Oh, got several of those too. <laughs> um, I think my least favorite word is can't.
1: What what turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally?
2: Again, a very complex question, but I think I think times when I have to reflect. I think when, when you have which is what's the beauty behind this for me and is been interesting is that it slowed me down some to where I'm not constantly on the go. I'm, I'm always doing something. So this has kind of slowed me down to get me into a reflective state. And, and when I become reflective like that, I think it just sparks this creativity bug inside of me to where it, uh, that just begins to be able to pour out so I can focus my attention on that that creative process at that point. But yeah, it's slowing down. Reflection. Yeah.
1: What sound do you most love?
2: I love the beach. I love the the sound of the ocean waves like coming and going. Mm-hmm. I've always, I mean, it's kind of like my go-to place. I love that. So anything that's kind of rhythmic, that kind of that, that comes in and out, kind of like that breath. There's a, there's a breathing to that. There's a breath of fresh air that comes in, a, and yeah. then you also can relieve and exhale the tension. So anything like that but definitely the sounds of the national wave is that's my happy place
1: well what sound do you hate
2: uh-huh. <laughs> oh goodness i hate i hate repetitive loud sounds i i i'm a pretty quiet kind of person yeah. and so anything that's repetitive and loud uh, that's startling i don't like those yeah I don't car like alarms car <laughs> alarms docking bars uh, or barking barking dogs next door or something like that
1: right right <laughs> all right what what other profession would you like to have tried mm. I,
2: I think a veterinarian. Okay. Speaking <laughs> well, of dogs, totally different. but I love animals. I love I love every type of animal. My wife, I mean, she she keeps us from having a farm at the house because I, I I'd bring them all home. But yeah, <laughs> a veterinarian. I'd love to work with animals.
1: What job do you know you would not want?
2: <laughs> uh, a waiter. I don't think I have the patience for it. Yeah. It's just it's just too it's too stressful. It's too stressful. A lot of noise. I, I. When people wait on me, uh, they get a good tip because I know they've gone through a lot.
1: That's right. So finally, what do you want to hear God say to you when you get to those pearly gates?
2: Oh, and that I was good enough and my time was spent well um, in, in spreading his wealth to other people.
1: Yeah, very good. Jason, thank you so much. You've been a, I know you've been a help to folks who are listening. Um, just some ways that we can sort of slow down tap into our creativity and, um, you know, and get through these strange times.
2: Very strange times, you know, none of us have ever lived anything like it, have we? I mean, this is the first of us all yeah. and to be able to do it together. And again, it goes back to the word togetherness here. I mean, you know, we're, we're stronger in numbers um, and pretty much anything we do and particularly pulling, pulling each other through this time is extremely important.
1: All right, thank you so much, Jason.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ann. appreciate you having me on. Good.
1: Our shutdown has also shut down a growing music scene in Waco, at least for now, but there are no greater supporters of Waco's diverse music than Katie Selman and Jacob Green, husband-wife team, which co-founded Keep Waco Loud, and Keep Waco Loud's coming up on its first anniversary, guys. How are you today?
0: Well, we're doing great, uh, despite the circumstance where we're holding up and staying positive, and I'm sure we'll, hopefully, we'll get out of this soon, and, but we're doing
1: great. I hope you're doing great as well. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh yeah, you know. The good Texas term. We're hunkering down. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. perfect term. <laughs> I I want to know. You know what? How you guys? First of all, I I want folks to understand what Keep Waco Loud is, and how you support the music scene. And now with this shutdown, how things have changed for y'all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, things have changed a lot for us over the past year since we launched. You know, when we first launched and first sat down with you, um, you know, our goal was to show Waco that there was a diverse scene, that there was different types of music out there, and we wanted to build this platform. I think we, you know, in that year, I think our kind of our not our motto, but our our goal at this point isn't just to show Waco because I think we we've, we've kind of done that. Sure. I think our goal about a month or so ago was okay, now let's grow it. Let's create a bigger platform. Um, and we had a pretty big show planned for March 15th, which was canceled. So it kind of put us in shock for a while. You know, we were kind of in this state of, okay, what do we do? We've been planning this, this event for months and now it's over and we don't know when we will ever get to reschedule. So we, Mike, um, our producer, uh, he actually was the one who really pushes and was like, I think we can do this well. We could go online. We could do an open mic. Let's recreate or try to recreate what we did um, on our weekly open mic at Classy Glass.
3: Yeah. And the, the open mic was really the foundation of what we were trying to do in the beginning, which is, as Katie said, to uh, show Waco what it is, what, what it has. And, and that happened to be just sort of the heart of where all the bridge building was happening um, and and the beacon and the the, the bat signal, so to speak, (laughs) for, um, for the local musicians and poets and that maybe didn't have the platform before, we wanted that to be that. And it took us a good two to three weeks to really adjust to what was going on. And then at that point is when Mike, as Katie said, came to us with this idea for doing this online.
1: For sure. Yeah, have you gotten a good response from this? I think
0: so, I mean, at Classy Glass, I think we averaged, I would say, in the room, you're probably probably around fifty to seventy five people, which was just a small room, so it feels very sure, packed. It was, um, yeah, but sure. so, you know, it was still a great crowd, and it gave people an 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 opportunity to perform in front of fifty to seventy five people. But our show that we put on this past Monday, I think at any, I think it, I checked it yesterday, we were almost at a thousand views. <laughs> you know, that's crazy you know a thousand people and made it doesn't mean they sat
1: sat there the entire hour and watched but for at least a moment they watched this performance yeah yeah i saw the name of somebody i mean getting the name out which is kind of i think another one of your primary goals absolutely you know people ask us all the time what can we
0: do to support artists during this time and the easiest cheapest way that you can support local artists right now is to share their music share their streams um, if you don't have $5 to, you know, to give to their uh, virtual tip jars, you know, just helping get their name out there. Name someone recognition else, is everything.
3: Someone else might have the $5 in there. For sure. you shared it. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I was on your Facebook page, you know, and people were like, oh, I miss our downtown music scene. I'm used, mm-hmm. I miss being with people. There is such a, a, a hunger now and a longing that when we are able to, Katie, uh, bar the door, so as to speak. <laughs> For sure. I mean,
0: it's crazy how much, I mean, that, that performance we aired on Monday was only, on, it was on February 29th on Leap Day. And right. it's like, I can't believe I took advantage of that. If I had known that was the last time I was going to see some of these people, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I probably would have stayed out longer or talked to some people longer or, you know, not taken advantage
1: of the moment. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, this has caused us all to slow down and stop and kind of take stock. In, in what is important? Uh, what kind of insights do you have through this through this shutdown we've had?
0: I think what's important to realize is that our art scene, our music scene, our comedy scene—those are part of the brand that is Waco, mm-hmm. and if we we want to make sure that we support these artists and musicians just as much as we support the local businesses that are here in waco because we want to have a waco that we recognize that we have grown to love over the past few years during this you know tremendous growth that waco has experienced and i want to be able to recognize the waco when we come out of this
3: absolutely and and to borrow a phrase from fiona bond of uh, creative waco um, she pointed it out that this brand and this version of the art scene here in Waco is very much in its infancy and is very much vulnerable, obviously, everyone is and everything is, but particularly the art scene, because of it, it it is just in its infancy. So if you do want to see that in the future, definitely find ways to support it.
0: And, and that's a really great point with fiona she has been a huge supporter of artists and musicians um so creative waco created the makeitinwaco.com website which is a very um waco etsy-esque website where local artists musicians um even physical artists can actually go and create a profile with their square account and sell their art. It's even there, even people selling experiences like the Brazos theater. Um, They're doing improv, virtual improv comedy where every Saturday night for a donation based ticket. So you can pay nothing, you can pay a dollar, you can pay $25, whatever you feel like giving to help support the Brazos theater during a time like this.
1: Yeah. People have gotten very creative in how they're having to reinvent themselves sort of on the fly. Of course. And I think we're all going to be, I think that when we
0: come out of this, and this is the positive thinking person in deep inside of me, because I like to see the bright side of everything. I think, our entertainment scene is going to be forever changed um, when we come out of this. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's almost kind of like the globalization of maybe Waco music scene. Maybe there's a way to stream our con- our concerts live, you know, when we do have in-person concerts and kind of try to reach that broader audience.
1: Yeah, I think that the technology has certainly become uh, much more important, obviously. to everybody. Uh, folks are doing Zoom meetings that never even heard of the word Zoom. <laughs> You know, they, they are, you know, from Sunday school classes on down to, uh, you know, Rotary Clubs, you, you name it. They're having to uh, use this technology, and I think it may be something that will really be embraced So too in the future. Let's talk a little bit about the two of you, though. I want to learn more about you guys. Um, this, certainly, Keep Wake, Go, Loud is a, a huge passion of yours, um, but but what do you do for a living? So both of us have our nine-to-fives that, you know,
0: pay our bills, because as much as we love Keep Wake, Go, Loud and... Uh, it, it doesn't keep food on the table. So we do have, uh, not yet, <laughs> not yet maybe one day, but right, fine, now, <laughs> right now, um, I work for a couple, we both work remotely. So this act, work, our work life actually didn't change much yeah,
3: that we were blessed in that way to the transition was easier than, uh, than for most people.
0: I'm sure. So we both work, um, I work for a company out of San Francisco, um, and do a lot of back office work. It's not really as you know fun and glamorous as Keep Wake Go Loud, but I really do enjoy it. Um, I get to help uh, startups and help them run their back offices and their companies and keep them afloat, which has been a really important thing to do in a time like this. A lot of our clients, you know, needed the PPP loans and SBA loans. So we would have been able to facilitate that for them um, and help them keep their doors open, which was, you know, it's, it's been really nice to be able to be pivotal in helping them. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's great.
3: I, I actually work on the other coast <laughs> <laughs> work <in> <laughs> I work remotely in New right. York or a construction company that's, just like anyone else, there has been rocked to its core,
0: mm-hmm. um, completely shut down.
3: Com- completely shut down. So we're still we're we're still puttering along, work doing, getting stuff ready for when stuff opens back up. Is, is the name of the game right now? I think for most companies.
0: So how did you two meet? We actually met in Houston uh, back in 2013. Okay,
3: scandal alert.
0: No, <laughs> no. Oh my goodness, it's it, it's a very unconventional way, but I think that. Um, it really helped us build the bond that we had. Um, I got a, got a job uh, working in um, Houston and I needed to get a, an apartment really quickly. And so I looked online and there was a room that came available because I needed something cheap. I was only 23 years old. Um, I needed something cheap and fast. And uh, Jacob's house, which had eight bedrooms and seven roommates, <laughs> needed <laughs> a person to move in. And that was me.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then <laughs> History.
0: yeah it's a little I mean it's a little bit unconventional but um I ended up getting a transfer rec- uh, they my job wanted to move me to New York and I asked Jacob I you know I, our friendship was blossoming our, I really liked him and I'd never been to New York and he had so
1: I asked him to come with me and he did <laughs> uh-huh. I love that yeah love that. Almost so, so now. <laughs> did, she, did she tell it correctly Jacob
3: yeah um, almost verbatim correctly <laughs> at least that's how we rehearsed it <laughs>
1: sorry you're sticking to it. So how long, how long have you guys been together? Um this will be our we're on our 7th year. Oh. Well, you know, it, time goes fast it and uh, and and here we are almost a year into uh, Keep Waco loud and and you guys have made such a splash in the community with what you're doing. Well, thank
0: you. And and honestly, we we say this a lot, you know, it's not me and Jacob like us and ourselves, like you know, you you just took the time to get to know us, but really on, in, on paper we're not that interesting. It's what what makes us interesting enough to where people as talented and amazing as you want to talk to us is the scene itself, um, and I think it's our passion for the scene and growing the scene, um, and I just I, it's it's been it's been a fun ride. This past year has been so much fun. Uh, we've met so many amazing people, and um, I think one of the cool things about Keep Wake, Go Loud has been its ability to put the right people in the room together yeah. and create these really cool connections, um, and these different collaboration projects, you know, um, you know, Lindsay Lippman. Oh, yeah. Stop. This
1: comes to mind, for sure, uh, with with what she did with uh, hip-hop music, and it was just an incredible thing that happened from those connections you know yeah, and it, it, it's just those crazy connections that you know are
0: able to things like the open mic night people meeting up there it's almost like a, a co-working event or what or, you know one of those co-working things space. like a co-working space where these musicians get together and all of a sudden they decide they want to collab or or this guy wants to film someone's music video or you know different like a a, a uh Guitarist might start playing a song with the saxophonist that they have never met before, and they're just up there jamming, yep. and it's it's yep. just a cool melting pot of talent.
3: Energy, energy is really what propelled. I think Keep It Go Loud just positive energy, people wanting to see these different things and have having a passion for these different types of things, and uh, and putting in the same love that we have for it. So, I it was, it's just incredible and really. Um, having a moment to look back on it fondly, obviously, has been a blessing too, because we're, we, you know, at the end of the year, we, we were like, okay, it's time to pause. We have not taken a solid break in six to seven months. Mm -hmm. And really having the chance to do it right now is in its own way, silver lining to, to just look back and
0: reflect uh, Reflect on but at it. the same time think about all the ways that we can move yeah. forward
3: try you got a hard pivot
0: you know um uh, i think one thing that helped keep like go loud and and that energy is one of our biggest mottos at the very beginning or our biggest we never wanted to create an event that we wouldn't want to go to and absolutely I, yeah and it's like i we want to keep it authentic we want to keep it fun um and we want to create things that other people want to go to and enjoy and i just we're so happy that
1: other people wanted to get on board with us. Oh, they are. You've been so, you've been amazing facilitators. That's the word that kind of comes to my mind about what you're doing. Um, The talent, the music is all out there, but, but drawing it all together is what you have been brilliant at. And I'm, I'm just so, so happy that here we are a year later and uh, certainly want to do this again in another year and see where it'll be interesting to see where Things take us um, as we kind of come to a conclusion. I like to enter in these interviews with a questionnaire. It's sort of similar to the one the late James Lipton used on his show Inside the Actors Studio. Are you familiar with that at all?
3: Yes, I am.
1: I- show. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is my version. What's your favorite word? Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. That is totally my favorite word. I've even gotten in trouble for like, I've had previous like, uh, bosses who at first were like, you know, you kind of use the word absolutely a lot. And then by the end of the, like the time I've worked for them, they were like, I love that you say the word absolutely, because absolutely is a positive uplifting word that it, it's kind of like you're affirming something in a positive way it's way better than sure or yes or okay it's like yeah absolutely let's get to work on that or you know I absolutely agree with you (laughs) Um,
3: I I didn't know that that was her favorite word
1: okay (laughs) there you go well
3: uh, I I think I really like the word and I use it a lot on our podcast and Katie constantly calls me out for it (laughs) is the word segue (laughs) Segue.
1: because I I, kind of
3: consider myself on on our podcast the person that is trying to move, continue the momentum of the conversation uh, in, in a in a good way, in a proper way, keeping on topic. So I, I do use the word segue a lot.
0: He sometimes uses it in the wrong way. It's like, oh, that's a great segue. It's like, no, that th- did not segue to the next thing. No, that, no, that, that's, no. that's,
3: that's just a way to joke about it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's
1: but, <laughs> but it's an important thing to be able to do, <laughs> to segue. Um, yes. OK, so I will do that with what's your least favorite word?
3: Ooh. Man, that's a toughie.
0: Actually, I, okay, so this is like completely off, like it's off brand or whatnot. I really hate the word wisp and I don't know why, but it just (laughs) sounds weird. And I hate when I, when somebody uses the word wisp, it just, it it doesn't resonate well in my brain. It almost like, like nails on a chalkboard.
1: Really? Okay.
3: (laughs) Uh, I I think I I, I genuinely despise folks that, uh, and this is generally like a, a guy talking to another guy when they call you chief. I really oh. sincerely <laughs> bothers me because it's bel- it's a, bel- a use of belittlement. So
1: yeah. I think that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, I think uh,
0: social interaction for sure. Uh, group being in groups of people that are all there for a common purpose, whether that's like a birthday party or a, a concert or you know a book club. You know just people coming together wanting to be there with a common you know purpose of being there and just being in those social interactions i'm a very social person and i think that's something that really kind of caused keep like a love to kind of start was that desire to you know be in those types
3: of groups yeah, i would actually second that but as a true gemini i uh, i have uh, <laughs> multiple uh, you know personalities so it would be social, but then on the other hand, there are moments where I just need a quote-unquote weighted blanket around me to stay <laughs> focused and uh, really just you know laser laser focused. So it's it's either I need a, a group of people or I just you need to leave me the heck alone so I can think about this for a second.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what, what turns you off, considering? Yeah.
0: Ooh, I think any kind of narrow-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Not even if it's, even if I don't agree with somebody, which, you know, I don't agree with people all the time, it's that inability to shut off and say, I don't even want to listen to your side, you know, mm-hmm. or I don't want to talk further with you, or I don't even want to consider putting myself in your shoes or in that other person's shoes or whatnot. It's that inability to, it, it's people, I mean, there have been times where people didn't like keep like go loud because, you know, I've, I mean, I've had people overheard or had people tell me that so-and-so said something because you know they kind of like the way that the, the music scene was and oh no yeah and it's like oh okay cool I mean that's fine yeah. but like at the same time there's such a bigger world out there and there's so much more out there and there's so much more in Waco that I just want everyone to um, be able to be heard and yeah I think narrow-mindedness yeah mm-hmm.
3: I think it kind of I could take a walk down that road a little more it's an uh, inability, working with somebody that has an inability for abstract thought. Um, and, and I kind of think it goes hand in hand with narrow-mindedness. Um, uh, you have to be able to sort of, quote unquote, use your third eye sometimes to really wrap your brain around the way a show is gonna look or a, a type of uh, brand of music maybe that you don't like, but you can see why it is good technically. I, yeah. I think yeah, inability for abstract thought is really big for me.
1: Hmm, good. Well, you kind of specialize in sound with, with the music scene, but what sound do you love the most? Ooh, great hard-hitting questions. I love these. <laughs> these are
0: actually really fun. Yeah. What sound do I love the most? You know, honestly, I really, lo- like, I really like rain. Yeah. I like rain in the morning, like with a little bit of thunder mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of like rain in the morning. It's so nice. I
3: really like that. Hmm. Um, I think that probably I I love the sound of my own guitar. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I bet Katie loves that too.
3: Yeah.
1: It's pretty lovely. Yeah.
3: It makes it, uh, it's it's that weighted blanket for me too. Um,
1: Oh yeah. What sound do you hate? Oh, styrofoam.
0: 100%. Yeah. Oh God, I hate styrofoam. There's nothing worse than when you're when you have a box that has the styrofoam oh, yes. that perfectly fits the box. Oh so yeah, take it out; it like <laughs> scrapes.
3: Oh. In in a, in a similar fashion, uh, I hate the sound of nails scratching rough fabric.
1: Uh-huh. It
3: just make it drives me mad.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, like that electric sh- negative shock? <laughs> <laughs> what other profession would you like to try?
0: Um, I think I would like to do something if I, if. If I could go back and knowing what I know now at 30 at like 21 or 20 or 19 when I picked my major, um, I probably would have liked to go into some sort of like creative advertising. Um, So because I really like creating things and, you know, brainstorming and coming up with ideas. So I think I probably would have done something along those lines with like marketing and advertising. Hmm.
3: I think that I would have, if I had the uh, proper attention span to continue my higher education, um, I would have liked to do something with birds.
1: I, yeah, birds.
3: I, I'm fascinated.
1: Because I'm an ornithologist,
3: and I, and I uh, have always been since a little kid. Been fascinated by birds.
1: Oh, that's great. That's so horrible. <laughs> no, I love that. Okay, um, what job do you know you would not like at all?
0: Teacher. Oof. I would be a terrible teacher, and I have so much respect for teachers okay. because of the fact that I know that I personally could not handle it. Like it's like. It's a, a respect for something that it's like, how do they have the attention or the, the discipline or the ability to handle that many questions or that many like souls. I mean, my mother is a teacher, so I watched her do it, you know, and I have so much respect for my mom. I, I It's don't... fun to
3: watch Katie around large groups of kids.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Jacob has, how many, 21 nieces and nephews? No. Jacob has 21 nieces and nephews. So <laughs> Christmases are really fun. They're, they're <laughs> lovely though. I love every single one of Absolutely. them. But I get to send them home to their parents.
3: Um, uh, for me, I think a job where I uh, just a cubicle job. I don't think I could ever do do a job where I just have to stay sat at my desk and just do a single task over and over again. I, I think I would
1: drive myself mad. Yeah. Now, yeah. okay. Finally, what do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly gates? Ah.
0: Oh, great yeah. job here's some wine <laughs> like, like, uh, I'm, and you know, it would
1: be I'm, heavenly wouldn't it
0: <laughs> yes it would be the best wine it'd be better what I'm drinking right now during uh <laughs> <laughs> uh no but it, it not right now but during the COVID-19 I miss really nice wine at restaurants uh yeah, yeah no just you know being satisfied with what, what I created and, and what, you know, I did in my life. You know, I think one of my biggest fears, actually one of my biggest, actual biggest fears is, um, I remember learning in school this, the term of displacement. And if you died in the same city or the same place that you were born, your displacement would be zero. And I thought that that was the most terrifying concept of not making any progress in life from beginning to end. And I think, I think that would be like, you know what was the point what did you do what what kind of impact did you have um so yeah i think that's it i've never heard that term before yeah it, i don't know where i learned it it was in school but it was like your just your life's displacement if you were you know what if there's like a, a way of measuring it i'll uh i'll send it to you but yeah
3: deep thoughts i think i would like to hear hey you weren't a jerk at all Oh. <laughs> uh, Let's, let's pay, drink some beer and climb some <laughs> trees.
1: I'd oh, love to climb some trees. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so much fun. Thank you for uh, for taking a little time to visit with me today on the podcast. It's uh, it's great, and you know we're just gonna hang in there until we can all be together again and enjoy that social you interaction do. and enjoy some great music. Absolutely, and thank you so much for having us. This was really fun. I this really was, loved your questions. Yeah, it was
3: a lot of
1: fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks. Y'all stay safe. You, you too. too.